I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess, and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we're diving into the challenges of balancing motherhood with our desires. So we'll be talking about mum guilt. I'm so excited for this episode, Bryony. You know, I think mum guilt is something that many mothers struggle with and, you know, they're often too afraid to open up about. So, I guess firstly, tell us a little bit about you and your beautiful boys, you know, your not-so-little babies. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think we all have maybe delusional expectations of of what uh, parenthood and and family life will be. And I remember being about 16 or 17 and I had it all mapped out in my head. I was going to be married by the time I was 21 and if I didn't have children by the time I was 25, wow, that was going to be super old. Like, isn't it funny when you're that young, you think 20s is old? Like... (laughs) (laughs) I have to laugh at that now. (laughs) Anyway, so for me, look, I always did want children and I am, I'm the eldest and I've got twin sisters and my husband's the eldest and he has twin sisters. Now they're all identical too. And so for me, growing up with twin sisters, I love them now, but I'm not sure I loved them when I was younger. And so for me, I was always adamant, I don't want twins. Like I just no thank you. I just want one child at a time that I can enjoy. I never really thought about how many I wanted. That was never really a thing. But I guess when I met my husband, I remember our first date, sitting there having a beer. And uh, he's quite angry about that because I don't think I've had a beer since. But anyway, that's why he said we we stayed together because he thought, what a girl, she's had a beer. Um, (laughs) School. Yeah, she drinks beer. But anyway, so we we were discussing family. When he mentioned he had twin sisters, I I was just like, wow, this is what, no, we can't take this any further. (laughs) But for us... It was a discussion that we wanted a family and things moved pretty quickly for us. I mean, we got engaged after about six months and then wow. got married six months later. Um, you know, I think you sort of know, you know, or you don't. Around that time, I had had a, a, a business and it was a beauty salon on, on Bridge Road. And I got to the point where we decided to sell it. And I the conversation for me was, look, I know what I'm like. I'm very much an entrepreneur. I know I'm going to get into another business. So maybe we need to think about a family soon, or I just don't know when I'm ever going to fit it in. So it was sort of that more like, just let's just be sensible about it. My poor husband, we've been married for like two seconds when that conversation <laughs> came up. And I, I fell pregnant probably like a month after we got married. So it was all pretty pretty quick so we didn't really have much time to talk about what that all meant because it just happened and uh, for me I got really 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 sick Um, and now I know what that was and that was hyperemesis 
Gravidorium, which is HG, which is probably getting a bit more noticed in the public and the media now. And it's a severe sickness when you're pregnant. And back then, no one really knew what it was. And so for me, I was so ill that I couldn't even see a doctor to confirm I was pregnant till I was about 12 weeks. I mean, I knew I was, but finally got to the doctor and, and I just remember laying there and, and this, they're doing the scan and just remember my husband's face sort of went a bit odd and then the lady said have you been feeling exceptionally ill and I said yes and she said well that's probably because you've got two babies in there <laughs> and I just didn't know whether to laugh or die like it was just so you know be careful what you don't wish for because yeah so basically that's how we found out obviously we're having twins and um and they're now 12 so and and so look for for us it was never how many we want to have it was more just that we knew we wanted to have them me being uh, a very impatient person just wanted to get it sorted and 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 organized because I'm very organized and so that you know I could then focus on other things later on but I have three boys now I always wanted boys and I always felt that four boys was what I wanted. I really don't think I'm going to get the fourth (laughs) if my husband has anything to do with it. But, you know, that was always what I wanted. And I don't know why. I just never wanted girls. It was just not a feeling. And I always knew I would only have boys. It was Mm. just a gut feeling that I knew I'd only have boys. So, so yeah, three beautiful boys. And my youngest is turning six in May. So the the two eldest have just head off to high school and, uh, and the youngest will be off to primary next, next year. It's all happening. Mm. Oh my goodness. It's so, I'm so interested to hear kind of your thoughts before you were a mum and now that you are and, and the progression. I guess what's interesting, what I'd love to know, what I'm curious to know is when, you know, when you did become pregnant and you were having the boys and it was Mm. all happening, was it what you envisaged? Was being a mum what you thought it would be? Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think for me, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't. I don't know even what my expectation was, but I think because of my nature being someone who's always in control, and I'm thoroughly organised. If I come up with an idea, I initiate it straight away. There's no, I'm just so impulsive. I get things done. And I guess for me, I felt that, yep, I'll have a baby and might get a bit of whatever morning sickness is. And, uh, and, and you know, they'll go to bed at a certain time and eat when I need them to. And then I'll work at this time. Like, I just thought it would all just work the way I wanted it to. And so for me... I think what was probably in hindsight a bit disappointing is that no one, and I feel it's almost getting better, but it's still not quite there, that women who are already mums, I think when somebody is pregnant or looking to have children, I guess you don't want to mar their expectation and, and that exciting time by talking to them about things that can go wrong or the the, the the dark side of it all and I get that because you, you don't want to crush someone's spirit and, and what their thinking is exciting and, and awesome but I, I do feel that it's also the responsibility of other mums to enlighten new mums or expecting mums without scaring the, the hell out of them but just letting them know that you know there are actually going to be days where you don't like your children 
like you're just not going to like your baby you're just going to want to give it away it might be a split second but and and power to those who never feel that that's that's fine but there are definitely going to be moments where you feel out of control you don't even like the person you've become wow i mean some emotions and some personality traits i never even knew i had came out when i had kids and i thought whoa i don't even think i like you at all like my poor husband like if you want to leave i get it like just there's a leave pass because this is not what you married and so i think it, it's a shock and i i think that it's our responsibility as mums just to try and soften that blow by letting other women know that yeah you are going to have days where you absolutely resent it beyond all hell and then you're going to feel sad and upset and depressed that you resented it and the guilt of all of that so for me I didn't have any expectations other than the unrealistic one that I would be able to control it like everything else I can control but uh, it was definitely not what I thought and I think in hindsight I'm yeah probably I guess disappointed that no one wanted to sort of let me know that it was going to be hard you know people talk about sleep deprivation but they don't really touch on anything else what do you wish you were told beforehand i i think that i think i I just wish someone said to me briny you're probably not going to like who you are sometimes because the sleep deprivation and and the change of life is going to be quite a big one that you know it is going to bring out things in you that maybe you don't like that are a bit scary and there are going to be times where you want to walk away from the whole situation but you'll also come back to it and and enjoy it just as much and I think for me the hardest thing was not knowing that and so for me knowing that I was someone that was so in control of my life and my destination within reason of course but to have the shock of all of a sudden not being able to have that control I became very upset and very depressed very quickly because I felt that I was an embarrassment, I felt that I was a letdown and I felt that I was just not cut out for this because I honestly thought that I should be, you know, a bit tired, maybe have a teary moment here and there, but generally have my shit together and just get up and and be feeding and glowing and walking the pram and just being awesome, like, you know, like, like, everyone on Facebook and Instagram like I was going to be that you know and so when I wasn't that I just felt like my husband should leave like I honestly so many times I told him that you didn't marry this person so I sort of feel like you're trapped you should leave like I I get it I'm giving you that chance to go and so that was really difficult for our relationship because I really was embarrassed about who I became and and I wanted him to leave me because I felt like I'd trapped him into something that wasn't what he married. And so I felt like I wasn't a good enough mum and that I was a burden. And as much as I didn't want to not exist, I also didn't want to exist because I felt that I was just an absolute burden to everybody as to who I'd become um, and a letdown. So I think if someone had have explained to me that there'll be those moments, I probably would have been a little bit kinder on myself and not dwelt on the moments where I was out of control and upset and depressed and and angry 
rather than dwell on my behavior for weeks and weeks afterwards, I probably would have said, okay, that's a moment. You had a bad moment, but the next moment's going to be a good one. And not knowing all of that information meant that I dwell, I would dwell on it. Like you were just so horrible right then. And then, and that would manifest into all these horrible thoughts. And, and then the next moment you were negative about something or, or didn't react the way you wanted, or yet you had a meltdown it would accumulate all these negative moments would accumulate because you're just constantly validating that you're not good enough and so yeah I definitely think it's that whole honesty around the change of you as a person the change of the expectations on yourself and just understanding that you'll have moments that are not great but you'll also have moments that are that are good and neither one of them define you it's just a matter of of doing your best so well said and I just feel like this conversation is so important to have Mm. I was talking to you earlier that my sister's a a new mum at the moment and you know it's the emotions the struggles the stress that you go through Mm. you know so I guess my question to you is how do you navigate yourself and how do you navigate getting through those really tough times where you literally think I don't even know who I am anymore Mm. Yeah, look, I think it's a tough one because how I was as a mother with my twins compared to my youngest was was very different. Maybe not my parenting skill, like the way I parented, but the way I was to myself was very different. And I think when you have your first child, obviously, or first children, <laughs> um, you know, I think obviously the expectations are very different. And I think as a first-time mum, um, one of the things that you worry about is that anything you do is going to set you or your child up for a bad routine or 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 you like you know whether it's oh I've got to do all organic otherwise they're they're going to die or I'm going to have to make sure the sleep routine's exactly right to the second or they're never going to sleep again or you know you you feel like any decision you make or any pose moment in time or or, or or developmental stage of your child you feel like that's going to last forever and I think you get caught up in the fact that your child's not sleeping and so then you think they're never going to sleep again you know you, it's that whole but when you have other children you realize that that's not the case so I think you are much more relaxed as you have more children because you know that ultimately your schedule the way they are, their development, it all changes. So as a first-time mum, I think that's the hardest. And, you know, navigating the stress around that is, I guess, look, I guess for some, and what I've noticed is that women that are a bit more relaxed and easygoing tend to take it on board a little bit easier than maybe uh, that that sort of type A personality where you're you're quite structured with things. So, um, So I think for me, I really, really, really struggled um, and I, I was eventually uh, diagnosed with, with depression and but more of an, uh, I, I had more of a psychosis aggressive depression so it was just a little bit different than crying, like I was crying but I wasn't incapacitated, I was probably more angry and, and wanting to kill, like it was more of that ag- aggressive feeling that would then lead to the depression. So. So it was really, really difficult, but I guess as a mum, there's always something in you that you know you need to look after your children. So as much as that newness of your children is what's probably causing it, 
it's also what keeps you going as well because there's that, I guess, biological uh, link that you have to look after your children. So they were why I kept going, of course. But also for me, I did want to get better as well. And I just thought there was moments where I didn't want to exist anymore. I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to exist. It's a very hard thing to describe. But I did get to the point where I thought, well, I don't want to not exist. So I need to do something to sort this out. And so for me, it was just always every day evaluating how I could get through the day the best way I could without losing my shit and you know feeling that horrible feeling and I was you know researching and just trying to I I, I did talk to people I just I just was as honest as I could about it to everybody around me because I just wanted them to understand or try and understand um and for me yeah look it was just really just trying to take each moment as it came um but to be honest I think I just got through it I just got through it I really don't know looking back how I did but I just just did my best every day to get through it and most days were really bloody hell but I I just I just did my best to get through it and as I said I think it was the children that obviously I know I had to be okay relatively okay for them so I just had to keep pushing through those feelings huge and I think I just think something I love about you is the fact that you just you always persist, mm. whether it's in business, whether it's, you know, with your babies, whether it's in motherhood in general, family mm. life, you always persist, you know. I guess as we kind of progress into this idea of mum guilt mm. and how you were able to persist and actually chase what you wanted to do, you know, chase your dreams and mm. do what you wanted to do while you were battling with the struggle of being a new mum, I guess my question is that how do you stay true to what you want to do mm. while you're battling this deep depression, while you don't want to wake up the next morning and don't really want to look after your yeah. babies? Yeah. How do you do Look, I, I think the first step is actually accepting who you are as a person and what makes you tick. And I think a lot of times what people do is they look to someone else and think that's what should make me tick. I should be doing this because they are, it looks good, it looks exciting, when really they're not actually appreciating and respecting what makes them happy. Now, there's pleasures in life, pleasures are momentary, but happiness is is something that's forever and people confuse the two. And I think that the first step to any sort of happiness or contentment is accepting that what's right for you is okay. So if you feel that I actually want to just stay home, and I hate using that word just, I want to stay home with my children, that's fine. Like that's that's your deal. That's good. If you want to further a passion in painting or some sort of arts or or, or a business, then do that. But don't do it because that's what you think you have to do. Don't stay home because you think you have to stay home and be a mum because you feel you've had children and I have to stay home. I can't go back to work. That would be terrible. What is it that is really going to make you happy? Is it going back to work? Is it starting that job? Is it staying home? And you have to be really brutally honest with yourself. And just like if, if there was no expectation and there was no judgment, what is it that would make you happy? And that's what you have to do. And so for some people, you know, 
staying home, that that's okay. And for me, as much as I was enjoying moments of my twins when they were young and struggling through the depression and, and the, the shock of all of that, it's just in my nature to want to be in business. Like I, it's just the way I'm wired. It's not even a thought process really for me. It's just who I am. And I guess it's a little bit like anyone with a passion. You just gravitate towards it. You know, you, you, it would be no big deal for someone to pull out a, a paint and an easel and get, get painting. For me, I, I, it'd be a struggle because I've got no interest in it. You know, it's, so it's that gravitation towards what you're passionate about. So for me, as much as I love being home uh, with my children, I also recognised that maybe I had to pursue what is naturally in me and do something else as well so that I had one a break away from from the the children and that home environment so that I could live what would make me happy and it's not so much having a break from being a mom or it's just what makes you whole like there's so many pieces to a puzzle that makes the whole puzzle and without one of them it's not complete and I don't think there's anything wrong with needing to have different pieces for your puzzle your whole puzzle might be all your your children that's fine and you've completed that puzzle but for me I needed some other pieces and that was to fulfill I guess my need to go out and, and and start a business and do something it's so interesting and I I think you just put that so well it's not even about being a mom or it's just what's going to make you the most happy what I think many women, you know, the phenomenal women listening might be thinking is, okay, that's that's great, but then I feel bad, mm. you know. I feel yeah. bad going to go to Pilates this morning yes. when I really should be taking my kids to school. I feel bad yep. starting that business venture. What, what advice would you give oh, on look, that? And, and even though I, yeah, I, look, I started Adorn when the boys were, I think they were about six months old or even a little bit older, I can't quite remember now, but, oh, look, even today, I still have moments of guilt, but I'm much better at managing it. So I'm not saying for a second that it's as easy as just, okay, I'm just going to not care. Because if that was the case, it wouldn't be what makes you human. And part of the emotions of being a, a human is having empathy, having sympathy, having love, having all those different emotions. And part of being a mum and biologically it's wired in us to be there 110% for the kids because if we didn't biologically feel that way, we would leave them a bit like the animal world. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, 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 and I'm getting a bit scientific, but I mean, it's the facts. And, and I think once you sort of establish the facts, you can be a little bit kinder on yourself. So human babies are born pretty, they, they just can't do anything. Like, you know, so we are wired as such that we will look after them and if we didn't have that guilt of not being with them we wouldn't look after them it's just a biological fact so for me I did struggle with guilt I still do sometimes but I also at that moment thought to myself okay I feel really shit not being with them right now oh my god I'm so bad because I'm, I'm enjoying this and and then but then when I was with them I was like oh but I want to be doing that because I need a break so everything I was doing, I felt guilty about. So I just started thinking to myself, and it took many, many years of practicing, was I have to learn to be present. And I know it's a bit cliche because everybody talks about being present, but it's so true. So for me, I started 
really consciously saying to myself and I would have internal conversations okay Bryony you are now going to teach a makeup class you are not good to the people that have committed to you if you don't focus on just that right now like at this moment that is where you're giving your time so then when you go home you just focus on your children not work not anything else so Whatever is in front of you, like we're talking now, my focus is you and and this conversation and everything else just has to wait. So I think what I practice, and it took many years, and it's not to say I didn't feel guilty. I still feel guilty even like if I have to go away and things like that. So, But I do practice the present moment and the now, and I feel that I owe it to myself and whoever I'm with that I'm focused with that situation And then when I'm home, I'm focused on my children and I'm really strict with that. So sometimes you have to be a bit flexible. The kids rang up sick right now, I'd have to end the conversation. Like, you know, or I might have to take a work call when I'm with the kids. But generally, I think if you give yourself boundaries and structure like that, then it makes it a little bit easier and you have to have the conversation with yourself. Today, I'm going to work. And yes, I feel guilty that I'm putting the kids in daycare, but they're fine. I have to do this right now and I'm going to get through this. And then when I'm with the children, I'm going to spend time with them rather than just this constant chasing your tail of I'm at work, but I'm not really focused because I'm thinking about them, checking texts from the kids and, and looking at photos from the daycare. They're all okay. And then you're not giving your job 100%. Then when you're home, you're stressed because you know you didn't give your job 100% and you're checking emails because, oh, I didn't really get that done because I was worried about the kids. You just get yourself into a massive tether. Like you've got to be focused and it's practice. There is no look at you, Bryony, you've just got your shit together. I like I've had to practice these skills, these self-development skills, and I still do. And I'm and I think the key is to be conscious about them and give your all to the moment you're in, every single moment you're in. And then that way, I think it just eases that guilt a little bit. It's never going to completely go, but it eases it. And you can manage the guilt without it upsetting you. Oh, huge. It's just so, yeah, just so clear and well said. I think a question I've got I've got for you is you, you mentioned you focus on the moment and you've just kind of had that mental conversation with yourself. Mm. Is there any other skills or strategies you've used to really get centred and be present? I um, suffer from anxiety, high functioning anxiety. Uh, my husband would call me a nutbag. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'd like to go with a medical diagnosis on that one. So I have anxiety. And so for me, I'm very, you know, want everything done and and let's do everything and I want it all done now and I can get myself in a bit of a a mess because of that. So for me, it's yes, it's focusing on that conversation as we've just discussed. But sometimes when I can feel that anxiety coming on, which I've gotten better with as my age has increased over time, um, it's, it's about just removing myself from the situation and so whatever the situation that I might be feeling guilty about or overwhelmed with, I might just, even if you have to go and sneak in the toilet and just sit on that toilet for, you know, a few deep breaths. And, you know, my mum always said, you need just, just breathe, Bryony, just take some deep breaths. And I'm like, oh, this is nonsense. There's got to be a quicker, easier way. But I honestly promise you that breathing is the answer. So when 
shit gets too hard and you and you can't be in the moment because you've got yourself next level stressed next level guilty next level upset you have to just breathe and one of the things when I get to that moment is I'll say to myself okay right now I acknowledge I go right now you're losing your shit right now you aren't coping or right now this situation's pretty crap I acknowledge it I don't deny the situation I don't take fault for the situation I don't get angry at myself I just say right now this is not good you're not coping it's okay and so I talk to myself a lot and so then I just either remove myself or stare at my screen um, computer screen and I just take 10 massively deep breaths and I promise you at the end of it you will feel so much better because not only do I acknowledge the situation but I also say to myself for the next 10 breaths you are not to think about anything but breathing so I give myself the I guess the allowance that I'm allowed to have a bit of a break and the other thing that I do if if it's a serious thing and I've had fairly stressful moments throughout the last 12 years when things are really 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 bad and I've just have hit rock bottom over something again I'll acknowledge the situation and then I will do some breaths and at the end of it I will say to myself okay Bryony I give you 24 hours free you're not allowed to think about this thing whether it's a I don't know, a divorce, a a financial crisis, a a sickness, whatever your situation is, I give myself that allowance or that grace period and I acknowledge you are not allowed to think about this for 24 hours and then you can stress about it all you want. But right now you need to just have that one day where you don't. And I promise you, accepting the crap, acknowledging that you're allowed to have a day off from it, you'll be so much better equipped to deal with that situation. Um, And that's a skill that I've taught myself that works for me. Oh, my goodness. I feel like we have to write this stuff down. Anyone else (laughs) listening feel that way? I understand you. No, thank you for that, Rani. I think it's just these tactical things Mm. which we need to know. Mm. And I mean... You know, I think because us as women, we juggle so many things. Even Mm. if we don't have businesses, we're just juggling the day-to-day, you know. So I think it's just so valuable. I love it. Okay, so I want to go a bit deeper into kind of how you've progressed in motherhood. So, you know... It's been 12 years mm. and, you know, you've, you've grown yourself, Ew. you're a business, <laughs> your business is great. You don't look a day old. Oh, <laughs> day over 20. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, what, what's it been like? What's that journey for the last 12 years been like? Oh, look, I think being a parent is definitely the hardest thing you will ever do. Because you can never remove yourself from it, really. And I don't care what age or what stage. um, You know, it's bloody hard. You know, if you hate your job or you hate your friend for a minute, you can have a break from that. But you can't remove... And even if you've removed yourself from your children, they're there. You made them. They're your creation. You know, you're never going to to let that completely go. Um, But it's the 
best thing you'll ever do. It's it's such a conflicting role because it's such a love hate relationship. Um, but you know, and I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. And you know, I, look for many years, I I probably felt some regrets around. Um, you know, definitely the first couple of years of my my twins' life because of the situation, you know, the mental issues that I had at the time. But, you know, I I, I accept that that was not my fault, and um, you know, it, that was just a moment in time. It's definitely not going to define the rest of my life or their life. It wasn't the best, but you know, you need to be able to just accept an apology from yourself and move on from things. So, I think. What I love about being a mum is that you, I think it may, not only does it make you a better person, it just makes you appreciate life. And that's corny, but it's true because I don't think you realise your age and what you're doing in life until you can see something growing up before you. Like, I mean, my boys just started high school. And as much as that made me want to vomit, um, <laughs> you know, it puts things into perspective because I think, wow, you know, I don't notice myself getting older because you see yourself every day. But when you see these children that you're nurturing and, and the development they're going through and those experiences, it puts things into perspective and you learn that you really are here for one life whether you come back or something else and that's what you believe that's fine but this is your life as this person and it just puts thing, things into perspective and and what really matters I think you know ultimately as a mum you die for your kids you really would and so you know the material things are just not important like I'd, I'd give up everything in a heartbeat and go and live in a caravan park if it meant keeping everyone happy and healthy I it just you just wouldn't ever try and yeah it's just such an intense emotion with your kids and I guess you know you want to give them all you want to you want them to be the best person but you do also have to struggle sometimes with the personalities that they have because you know no matter how you bring up your children sometimes they're not always what you would expect and you and you need to negotiate around that and navigate around these different personalities but yeah look I think it's a journey and it's a ride and people say to me does it get easier and I'm like no it gets different um (laughs) I think having a newborn with a sleep deprivation that's really tough but wow I think I'd go with that over the older kids (laughs) because they have an opinion babies don't (laughs) so you kind of have to work around more personalities and I think wow I'm uh, got a few more years before you'll you'll be uh, probably doing what you want so <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's yeah it's it's a it's an interesting journey but I think it's one that gives perspective 100% just from what I'm learning and listening and hearing I think something I want to dive a bit deeper into is when you really decided to go I'm going to pursue what I want to do mm regardless of the fact that I'm going to be a mum for the next 30, 50, whatever, 40 mm. years, you know, how you, we've obviously had a full episode on how you built a dawn mm. and how you actually made that work, but just psychologically managing the kids during that mm. time, like how, and then the guilt and whatnot, how did you just juggle that? So look, yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not easy. Mm. And I, and I think that 
for some people, you know, sometimes you do, life's a sacrifice at times. And so sometimes your dreams may need to just wait a little bit. It doesn't fit in with what, what else is happening. You know, when, when it's a family dynamic, it's a team. And like any sport or activity, whether it's a business or, or wherever there's a team of people, sometimes someone has to give up a little bit for the greater good of the whole team. So I think that, you know, if you can't pursue things right now, it that's fine. Don't get yourself upset about it. Accept the situation, but have it there that you will one day. But for me, it was, yes, obviously navigating time around the kids. So what I did was I thought, okay, what is it that I enjoy doing? And at the time, for me, it was makeup. I really enjoyed makeup and I, I've always had a, a knack for it and people have always asked me how to do it. And so I thought, oh, I might just think about teaching makeup classes like you know because then I can do it when my husband's home and he can be with the kids and it gives me a bit of a break I can interact with other women even if my eyes are hanging out on the floor and I've got bags as as big as I don't know what but you know I just thought I just need that moment it was something I would enjoy and to be honest I really never thought that that would turn into a dawn like I, I just didn't but it was something that I knew I could navigate around family life and do something that I felt was interesting as well. So it was just a matter of prioritising around the team, the family, um, but also allowing myself that time to do something I enjoyed as well. Mm. Huge. And I love how you said the team. Mm. I think that's such an amazing way to think about it because it really is. It's, you know, what role are we all playing in this team to make this the best possible, you know, thing that we're doing here, which is huge. I think something that the women listening might be quite interested in is they might be thinking, oh, I don't even have a passion. I don't even know what my mm. passions are anymore. I, I can't remember the last yeah. time I thought about myself. What advice would you give on learning about what your mm. passion is and figuring that out? Yeah, I think an, an analogy I can give is when I was in school, I mean, I remember multiple times crying because I never knew what I wanted to do with my life. Like everybody else was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be this, this. And I was like, I have no idea. I just don't even know. Like, so for me, what I did was just put myself in a situation where I read every foreseeable job description book I'd look on, you know, the, I don't know what, what it was back then, but Seek or whatever the equivalent was. I would research what all the jobs were and what it involved and, what, and I read up about industries. And, um, and I think the same thing could apply. Like, I don't know, other than my, my role here at Adorn and, and, and Adorn and my being a mum and a few other little things that I'm passionate about, I don't know that I've ever really had a passion outside of loving business like that's been my passion and yes there's a lot of people that say to me but nothing interests me like and I I understand that but they want something so I think if I use the analogy of what I did when I had no idea what I wanted to do is just experience as much stuff as you can like you know what start a course if you don't finish it who cares? You gave it a crack. You realise you didn't like it. You know, do a knitting thing, a, a, an arts thing. I don't, you won't know until you give things a go. Like, I just think you don't have to finish things. It doesn't mean you're a failure. I mean, I started many jobs because I wanted to discover what that particular industry was like or what that job was like. And after a few months, I'm like, I'm out of here. This is not, no, I'm, no, I'm done. Like, yep, 
tick that one off as a not want to do you know and I just think that's all you can do like not all of us are born with this innate craving to be something or do something that's fine like you're not a loser because you don't have a passion like your passion might be just sipping wine with a girlfriend like bring on that passion like that's one of my passions I have to say like I love good conversation it's fine if you don't have one but just go and experience stuff until you figure it out and if you never figure it out you've had a bit of fun along the way and you'll have lots of stories to tell about the things that you've experienced bingo I love it. And you know what? You and I were talking about one time, the last time we recorded, we're going to get the wine in the mix. Yeah, I know. I think we need to be sipping on that. Oh, my goodness. I know it's 9am, but you know what? I'm a pretty candid person. Bring in a wine and Lord knows what we'll be talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Could be dangerous. Oh, Bryony, it's it's been so amazing as always. Look, thank you so much for opening up and, you know, sharing with us, you know, what it really is like to be a mum and what the experience was like for you and coping with mum, mum guilt and how you got through it. So, look, I think we'll leave it there for this episode, but look, I'm so excited to dive a bit deeper into the next topic, which is self-care. Absolutely. Oh, bring it on. Thanks, gorgeous. Thank you for listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.